hated it. I hated this match. It went on forever. Got Mauro Ranella screaming as if we're watching Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. to make history each and every one of you we use the word revolution because this is a revolution i am nxt and i'm not going anywhere oh a little bit of the bubbly Bro. this is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in aew's way we Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast. You're listening to Versus exclusively on Neutral Wrestling. I'm your host as ever, Daniel. And well, this week it was week five in the Wednesday Night Wars. Week five already. And it was, I thought AEW, they had, they had a great show. Do you know what I mean? We, they finally gave us the promos that we wanted on their show. So yeah, that was a big, big positive. Probably the main thing to take away from it. Um, other stories, the headlines was basically the ratings fell again, but that's no surprise, which we're going to get into, but I'm really sorry, I'm just going to let everyone know, I am, if you listened to the Crown Jewel review yesterday, you would have noticed on Neutral Wrestling that I am full of a cold, and that has just gotten worse, I'm sat here, sorry, I hate to sniff on air, but got to be done, um, I'm sat here, I'm on Lempsip, I'm on Paracetamol, I've got a big day tomorrow as my football team travel to London early in the morning to Charlton to try and become top of the league in the championship. So I'm doing my best to get better. I've got my little girl tonight as well. So yeah, trying to do my, get myself better. But I just wanted to give you a quick heads up why my voice might sound a little bit peculiar and why I keep sniffing on air. So I must be annoying. But hey, there's nothing I can do. I thought, do you know what I mean? I didn't want to miss a week. I'm going on a holiday actually in uh, two weeks, so the show will be delayed by a couple of days that week. But um, yeah, I didn't want to miss a show. I say I want this to be a weekly, basically just a weekly show talking about what went on that week in the Wednesday Night Wars. We can look back on this in years, years to come, and hopefully it'll be nice to look back on. But anyway, that's enough of the mumbling. That's enough of me feeling sorry for myself. Right, let's get into it. So, well, we'll, we'll start off with the rating. So. The ratings, as I alluded to at the start of the show, they fell from last week. For the fifth week in a row, they fell. But, as I said, the NBA season has just started. Uh, the World Series in baseball has been going on. And I think it was the seventh game in the World Series this week, which I'm guessing... I don't watch baseball, as I've said before. I'm guessing that is the end of it. I saw the uh, video on Twitter of the... Lodge guy celebrating, which was great. That went viral. So I'm guessing it is the end of that. So the ratings, AEW. Oh, it's really hard to get through this. Let me have a drink of this Diet Pepsi. Very unpro- unprofessional here. It's live recorded, ladies and gentlemen. AEW, 759,000. They fell 
by 21% from the week before. A big fall for AEW. NXT, however, they did 580,000 viewers falling 14%. So the bigger fall was with AEW, which is it's pretty strange really considering that AEW has the higher percentage of younger viewers and baseball is known as a sport that attracts older viewers. But 21% drop for AEW and a 14% drop for NXT. Uh, just to put this into perspective, um, I didn't, I wasn't even going to mention the ratings this week, but I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it, saying they're worried about it. It is nothing to worry about. The World Series had 23 million people watching that. So, do you know what I mean? That's 23 million people. So, I'm surprised that they've only fell as little as they have, really. But as I say, I've said this every week now, you've got to be worried when the shows are falling each week. Now, another big story, which I'm going to talk about before we actually get into the analysis of the shows, as I'm recording this a couple of days later than I would have liked to, mainly because Crown Jewel took place um, and I had to get the show up for that for Neutral Wrestling. Um, But... Last night on SmackDown, now this is possibly going to affect WWE versus AEW, NXT versus AEW, because last night on SmackDown, as you may have heard, the WWE wrestlers were delayed in Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel, so most of that roster were unable to be on the show last night on SmackDown, except for Brock Lesnar, of course. Vince McMahon just did one, left all his talent, took Brock Lesnar with him straight over to SmackDown, but... Brock Lesnar made the show, however, not many other people did, only the women and people like Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn who didn't want to travel to Crown Jewel, which left the door open for NXT, the show was full of NXT wrestlers, we had Tommaso Ciampa versus The Miz, we had Adam Cole winning in the main event of Smackdown in a great match against Daniel Bryan, we had Shayna Baszler attacking the women. We had Keith Lee and Matt Riddle standing tall over Sami Zayn. Now, you might ask, why am I talking about this? That was on SmackDown. This, I'm wondering if it's going to have maybe a little bit of an impact on the ratings for NXT for next week. Do you know what I mean? Like, I say people might watch this and be like, oh, they're from NXT. I'll tune into that show on Wednesday night. Adam Cole's great. Look how great he was in that main event. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, I like the look of these two. Do you know what I mean? Shayna Baszler, what, she was an over-champion on the show, so maybe they will tune into NXT next week, giving it a higher rating. Now, I'm not sure what sport is actually on next week. I feel like every week there's something, but and baseball's finished now, I'm thinking. The NBA season is well into effect, so I don't know if there's a big game on Wednesday night. I'm guessing there's no NFL. Oh, I'm battling through this, called Battling through it to give you this WWE versus AEW show. Um... So yeah, maybe it will have an effect. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But that is just putting the idea out there. Right, let's get into the show because I am really struggling with this. I'm sorry about this, but I guess a show is better than no show unless it's Crown Jewel. But so as ever, we'll start with AEW Dynamite. And the show opened with Cody Rhodes and Tony Schiavone getting off the plane, getting into a limo. This was like a nice feel to the show. It sort of reminded me of what they used to do on Raw, on Nitro. Um, so yeah, nice feel to open the show. It took us out of the arena. Cody Rolls landing on his own private jet. Little things, little touches like that make people seem like a star. And then we go back into the arena in his Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara. Um, this was like a really good... 
pay-per-view opener match. It was a nice 10-minute match. They go back and forth. Hangman Page gets the win. A much-needed win for Hangman Page. Um, but the best part about this was after the match, they finally gave Hangman Page the microphone. Um, he just basically doesn't cut a long promo. He just talks about his upcoming match with Pac at full gear. And he just does a quick promo saying he is going to take Pac's head off cowboy style. Give him some cowboy shit, whatever it was, at full gear. And the crowd start chanting, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. Which, as they alluded to, can go on a t-shirt. It's just something for Hangman Page to get his teeth stuck into. So, yeah, I really like this. A really, really positive start to the show. Does its job. People have been asking for Hangman Page microphone time, and he got that here. Um, now, so, the next thing on the show was... A Shanna, is it a name? Shanna, the next match of the show was Shanna versus Hikaru Shida. Um, this was, it went too long, this match. I'm going to be brutally honest, this match went too long. It was 10 minutes, we didn't know who Shanna was. Hikaru Shida should have won this match in a matter of minutes for me. But they gave him 10 minutes for some reason. Um, Shanna is full-time, so maybe that's that could be part of it. Maybe that's why... Um, but yeah, Hikaru Shida gets the win over Shanna in a pretty mediocre match that went far too long. Next, video package with... Video package, it was with Brandy Rolls. Brandy Rolls had a video package um, with Awesome Kong. So it seems like Brandy Rolls is transitioning. She announced that she was moving away from um, the role with the husband on air, Cody. And so basically, she appears to be... The manager of Awesome Kong going forward, which I think is great. Um, Brandy is a good manager, do you know what I mean? And she, she will give Awesome Kong some great exposure, great microphone work from Brandy, probably coming in this. So yeah, I think it's a good idea to pair up with Awesome Kong and it gives them a good act maybe to be, maybe to challenge for the AEW women's title against Rio. I'm guessing that's the way they're going. Rio Awesome Kong with Brandy Rhodes as the manager is the way I would suggest this is going forward. Now next we have another great segment which is what we want on this show. For the last few weeks we've all been saying oh the wrestling's great but where are the segments? Where are the segments? This is a television show. We need segments on this show. Chris Van Vliet introduces the Rock and Roll Express. The legendary Rock and Roll Express who can still go by the way. These guys can still go so don't be surprised if we get a match out of these two later down the line and um, you might have seen them on nwa power recently um, you might have seen them on the joey janela spring break show over wrestlemania weekend back in new york um back in april sorry in new york so yeah this was a segment where they come out with the tag team titles hyping the match later on the show and they are attacked by it. it's going to take a lot of time what are they call proud and powerful they'll always be LA lax to me but proud and powerful formerly lax come out and they give the rock and roll express a brutal beatdown. they do some damage to ricky morton off the stage and yeah great segment the young butts come out to try and see if the rock and roll express are okay this was great this is exactly what we want to see on a television show two thumbs up for AEW for this one um next we go back to the limo so this is more segments this is what we want a nice balance of segments and wrestling on this two-hour television show and i feel like they finally got the balance right this week um, so basically, Cody and Tony Schiavone are great together in this limo. Cody's talking about how his um, his mum's going to be there live at um, Full Gear in a few weeks' time to see him face Chris Jericho. Uh, they also talk about a story where Dustin Roll, Dusty Rolls, sorry, leaves 
his opponents waiting because the star always arrives last. Just a great, powerful segment here on the show. Um, next, we have what it was like, sort of like a squash match, but it was basically promoting the Ricky, what is it, Ricky and Morty show? I don't watch this. Um, it's not Ricky Morton, by the way. The Ricky and Morty show um, on TNT. They're promoting this. Tebs, one of my friends, he watches this show. He raves about it. So, yeah. Tebs says it's good, but I've never watched the show. Um, best friends, Orange Cassidy, they basically are dressed as this Ricky and Morty character. They just go over uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and QT Marshall. In a fine match, Orange Cassidy, love him or hate him, he's over. He's over. You can't say he's not over. I can, do you know what? I feel like I'm really getting into the show. I was feeling sorry for myself the first five minutes. We're just talking about a good wrestling show after that horrible Crown Jewel show has perked me up. So, yeah. Best friends, Orange Cassidy, a really good act here. Um, this this could have been Death TV in WWE. It probably would have been Death TV, but not here on Dynamite. Somehow, Orange Cassidy and the best friends make it work. They hug to end the segment after winning the match, and that was great. Next, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, contract signing. It's not in the ring, it's on the stage. And I thought to myself, they always say, oh, it's a WWE thing, in it, where it always kicks off on these contract signings. There's always some action. It's like the running joke, haha, in WWE. Well, I thought to myself, AW are not going to do this. They're not going to have any violence in this contract signing. So that's what they had. They had Cody Rhodes, as we just said, with Tony Schiavone. He showed up last. He's the star. Um, Chris Jericho has this great jacket and great Halloween jacket. He's just playing this character. He's just on a whole nother level at the moment is Chris Jericho. Expect to see him in New Japan maybe on Sunday. We'll see. But at the moment, Chris Jericho, just just what a, what a man. What a man Chris Jericho is. It was a good contract signing. It wasn't amazing. Um, they just battle on the mic. Chris Jericho jokes about he's going to attack Cody. It was really well done. But the best part of this was when they went backstage. And what is it? It is the limo. The limo is back, is outside. And Jack Hager, fresh off his no contest match in Bellator, he is attacking Cody's brother, Dustin. Brutal attack. He knees him in the bollocks. The balls, sorry. Um, you can tell the English is coming out of me there. Um, knees him in the balls, uh, which alludes to, obviously, the end of Jack Hager's MMA fight the other night in Bellator. Uh, great little way of alluding to that. Um, Sammy Guevara's there beating him, beating him down, but Jack Hager beats down Dustin Rhodes. He traps his arm in the limo. It was pretty brutal. Well, the way he just he launches Dustin Rhodes' heads back of his head against this limo. Brutal shot. A brutal, effective beat down. And it was just really, really successful segment. Do you know what I mean? Um, Cody Rhodes and his lot got the advantage this week, last week. And the Inner Circle get the advantage this week. It was a great segment. We've had two good segments now. Three, if you include the limo segment. We had the uh, Proud and Powerful. and uh, They were beating down the Rock and Roll Express. That's a memorable segment. And then we got this Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, memorable contract signing. The first contract signing on AEW. And then... We transform into a match. So unlike the previous shows where it's just match to match to match to match, we go from a great segment to a very good match. Daryl, I don't know if you listen to the show, but you hate the Elite. You don't like this sort of match. I think you gave it 1.25 on Grapple. I'm disagreeing with you. This was everything you want out of an Elite six-man tag team match. Could have done without the Kenny Omega PlayStation intro at the start. I have no idea what was going on. They alluded to Kota Ibushi. 
I don't even know. I don't even know. Do, do you know what I mean? It's not going to be things that please everyone on a two-hour show. It wasn't for me. But, hey, I suppose it was memorable. It was controversial. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, the match itself, six-man tag. It was the Elite versus Kip Sabian, Jack Evans, and Angelico. And it was good. Really good match. Not much more to say. Loads of dives. Hashtag dive. Loads of flips. It was just, it was just a fun Hot six-man tag team match here in the middle of this episode of Dynamite. And I really enjoyed this match. I give it three and a half stars. Very fun. Better than 1.25. An enjoyable six-man tag. After the match, the Young Bucks are celebrating in their street fighter gear with the crowd. There's people with the Ricky and Morty heads on that have been in the crowd for quite a while. I don't know when they came on. Surprise, surprise. LAX are back. Proud and powerful are back. They attack the Young Bucks building even more towards their match at full gear. Next, next, is the highlight of the show. They finally gave John Moxley a live microphone. This was one of the best promos in years, in years. Fantastic intensity showed from Moxley's foaming at the mouth. He's talking about how AEW and Tony Khan, do you know what I mean? They're, they're not willing to like let this match count on the official records. They made it a lights out, non-sanctioned match. It was just a great, great promo. And well, this match, for me, Moxley is the most over, apart from maybe Cody, the most over guy in AEW. I think we're going to get this Moxley-Jericho match later down the line. But Moxley Omega is going to be something special. And I can see this crowd favouring Moxley over Omega, especially the way Omega's been portrayed so far on Dynamite. So, yeah, really, really great promo by Moxley. Um, I'm guessing you've already heard it as I'm planning on putting it at the start of the show. Unless something goes wrong with that, maybe I'll get a cold after I finish recording even worse. And I won't do it because I'll be lazy. I think the rugby's on, actually. Yeah, the Rugby World Cup final. The egg-chasing World Cup final. England are in it, I think. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, maybe I'll watch the last 10 minutes of that. But, hey, I didn't go to boarding school. I'm not a Tory, so I don't watch Rugby Union. I watch football. Sorry to offend any Rugby Union fans, all three of you out there. Um, Right, so the main event. The AEW Tag Team Titles. Lucha Brothers, the best tag team in the world, by the way, versus SCU. Crazy action in this match, as you'd expect. Plenty of dives, plenty of flips, fast-paced action. I'm sure JR was loving this, this on commentary. Tony Schiavone certainly was. Uh, Kazarian botched Hurricane Rana, and he almost died. Yeah, it was scary. It was very scary, um, the botch that they did in this match. But they carried on, seemed to be fine. Now the finish, the finish. SCU win this match to become the first ever AEW tag titles. It sort of made sense in terms for carrying on the feud after the Lucha Brothers took out Christopher Daniels. You can have Christopher Daniels coming back saying, hey, you won the tag team titles without me. And plenty of storyline ways to progress from this. But yeah, the SCU win the match. Didn't like the finish. So the finish was, it was on those finishes where there's too much going on. So it was, um, Phoenix was sort of like on the top rope getting attacked, whatever. And it was just too confusing. It sort of took away the heat from the finish. The crowd didn't really react to it. So I felt like, didn't like the finish. Did not like the finish of the match. It was a very anticlimatical finish. But the match was good. The match was good. Um, so yeah, this show overall, we had two good matches. Two or three memorable segments. And that is all I want. From a two-hour wrestling show. Give me... I'm happy just having one good match. And 
The segments, I personally feel, are more important than the matches on these shows. But credit to Dynamite, credit to AEW, credit to Dynamite, credit to AEW. They've corrected where, for me, they might have gone wrong on previous shows. Um, and they went heavy on the promo aspect. As we, That's what you want to do two weeks away from your pay-per-view. So very, very good Dynamite for me. Easily the best Dynamite so far. And... Um, just a great show, well done to AEW, I loved it, as you see, it's proper perks me up, perk me up, I've forgotten all about my cold now, let me have a swig of Diet Pepsi here on, I sh you shouldn't do this, it's not professional, but hey, self-employed, do what I want, I love the uh, soda, is it you call it in America, I love fizzy drinks when it's diet, no added sugar, I'm not sure how people have like full sugary cold drinks, one, I'm absolutely smashed if I've had one, and two, I don't know, they're just a bit too sweet for me, so, anyway, right, so we've reviewed Dynamite there, um, yeah, really good show, my favourite show in the Wednesday Night Wars so far, I loved it, um, yeah, really good show, now, time to talk about a show I, I wouldn't say I particularly loved, NXT, so, the NXT show, there's not really a whole lot to talk about on this show for me, um, the show was just building to war games, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan of this War Games concept, how WWE use it. I haven't liked the previous two matches at TakeOver, the previous two War Games matches. So for me, this is sort of a flat period. But NXT, as we alluded to at the start show, are going to be on Survivor Series. And I'm conf very confused how they're going to have all their top stars in War Games matches one night and have them come out and wrestle big matches the next night. Uh, because obviously after war games, you want them to sell the brutality of the match, the injuries they picked up in the match. So if they're going out there the next night, I don't know, maybe going over some of the main roster talent, then that'll be very interesting to see how they handle that. But into the show, the show opens great. Uh, we had Poppy with a live performance, great live performance to open the show. I love stuff like this, um, as it just gives you that big feel to the start of the show. We had a memorable entrance from Io Shirai. Io Shirai, um, she comes out with Poppy singing her entrance. Just a great Io Shirai's going ape shit in the entrance. Great memorable moment to open the show. And it was probably the only memorable moment on the show. Um, Io Shirai beats Candice LeRae in a fine match. I think I went three stars on this match. It was alright, it was a good match. Um, it set up the war games because Rhea Ripley comes out. You have Baszler and her crew coming out. And it sets up a the first women's war games in, in NXT. So, yeah, that should be interesting. I was hoping at the start of the show this was going to be the only war games match. And we get, do you know what I mean, a title defence from Adam Cole at the pay-per-view. Maybe against Matt Riddle. And we'd also get Gargano against Balor. But Champer at the end of the show obviously changed that direction. Next... Finn Balor promo, mm, it was good, do you know what I mean, I like his new persona, I didn't need the dimmed lights with a spotlight on Balor, felt very forced, especially if you just watched AEW before having this black light and the spotlight flying everywhere, the, the promo was fine itself, it felt like it ended a bit like, meh, I was hoping for a bit more, but Balor's new character does seem to be your typical WWE heel, but that was fine, it was good, it was a decent little promo, I would have preferred a little bit more, but looks like they're leaving this for next week. Obviously, Gargano's out selling his injuries. And I'm assuming we're getting this Gargano-Finn Balor match at TakeOver. Which will make up for the two War Games matches I am going to have to sit through. Next, Bronson Reed, formerly known as Jonah Rock, defeats Shane Thorne in a match that got Bronson Reed over. Made him look great in the match. Did its job. Fine match. Next, now... 
I think people are going to get annoyed with me for this. But, I'm, I'm, do you know what I mean? I've, as you, if you've listened to any of the podcasts before, I give my honest opinion. I'm not going to like, oh, go on Twitter and find out the general consensus of what people are saying and be like, yeah, that was great. No, that's not what we do here on WWE versus AEW. Not what we do on Neutral Wrestling. We give our individual opinions. And this match, this match, the Kabuki Warriors versus Tegan Knox on Dakota Kai. I hated it. I hated this match. It went on forever. Got Mauro Rinella screaming as if we're watching Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. He gave me a headache. He legitimately gave me a headache. People love Mauro Rinello. Spoiler, I don't. I know that's not going to be popular, but he screams. He screams too much. He reminds me of one of those Argentinian football commentators who just screamed the entire match. I'm all for a Martin Tyler, a Clive Tilsley who are going to talk and explain what's going on. Only the UK fans might get that. But anyway, so this match, so the match, they're working over Dakota Kai. It feels like it's forever. This is going on for ages. About 10 minutes, they're working over Dakota Kai. And I'm sat there and I thought, if I'm sitting through this, Dakota Kai better sure get a, get a hot tag that, that I nearly swore them, that gets the arena going crazy. So I sit through this 10 minutes of Dakota Kai. We're working over her. They're working over her. She gets the tag and it, it's lukewarm. It's a lukewarm tag into the match. That's what it is. It ruins. It just I've sat through 10 minutes to not even get the hot tag. And after all that, that I've sat through, I've sat through Mauro Ranella forcing me to grab for my ibuprofen. I've sat through all this time hoping for this hot tag that I didn't get. And after all that, Oscar uses the green mist, saying it's a finisher and that's it. Match over. That was it. Oh, do you know what? I've just realised. I thought that the uh, women's war games was set up during the first match on the show, but it wasn't, was it? It was set up during this. To be fair, I have watched Crown Jewel and SmackDown and been to work and recovered from this man flu during that time. So, yeah, sorry I got that mixed up. But, yeah, this match was a bad match. I've seen the average on Grapple is 3.75, 3.5. Nah, no, 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 no. Very generous too. A very generous too. Do you know what? I'm taking it down to 1.75 because Mauro Ranella was unbearable in this match. Now next, luckily we got a match that was good. A good match between Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes. And these two work really well together. Tyler Bate looked smaller than usual, which is weird because Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee is hardly a giant. But yeah, this was a really good match. It was the second good match on the show. So at least we got that. Um, Dane comes out and attacks Tyler Bay. Do you know what I mean? To set up this Pete Dunn thing. Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane on TakeOver. It might be good, but Killian Dane at this point doesn't do a whole lot for me. Main event, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. The greatest combination of all time. Two of two wrestlers I just love watching. Love watching these guys. The great. They were sort of the stars on the indie boom in 2017. They were everywhere. They've had great matches against each other for Evolve Progress. Some great matches together. So having them as a team against undisputed undisputed era. Great, great. I love that team. And um, the match itself was <laughs> one spot that was great. So Matt Riddle, the crowd are chatting. Riddle, Riddle, he picks up Bobby Fish for a jackhammer, hits a spear, and Bobby Fish kicks out at one, at one, talk about no-selling Goldberg, no-selling Goldberg, seriously, if you don't give me Goldberg versus Matt Riddle at Wrestlemania, I'm going to bitch about it on Twitter, you mark my words, I'll bitch about that on Twitter, 
Give us Matt Riddle, Goldberg, WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah. So, Matt Riddle gets pinned by Bobby Fish in this match. I'm not really a fan of that. Um, obviously, it was from interference. But, as I allude to, Matt Riddle is the biggest star on NXT. Um, right. Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Sets up the male War Games match. Don't We do not need two War Games match on one show. We don't. We don't. At all. At all. I'm assuming that the War Games is going to have the male War Games, the female War Games, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane. That's probably going to be your four matches for TakeOver, um, to the TakeOver on Survivor Series weekend. Um, so, yeah, that was the show, really. Um, it was the weakest of the NXT, the five NXT shows that have gone head-to-head with AEW. Um, so, we had the weakest NXT show for me, and we had... The strongest dynamite show. So the winner of the week, there's no point in a drum roll, the fake drum roll we never have, but the winner of the week is undoubtedly Dynamite. Dynamite was the best show. It was easily the best show of the week for me. So Dynamite, they take a 4-1 lead. 4-1. AEW Dynamite 4 NXT 1. And I'm a fan of NXT. NXT's been good recently this show was one of the weaker ones but just shows we're getting two i'm not do you know what i mean i feel bad pitting them against each other but it, it do you know what i mean it, it's sort of the ethos of the show so i can't really be like oh let's have an AEW versus wwe podcast but let's just love everything and not have them compete against each other no that's not what the name of the game is it is about the battle for ratings nxt made this award wwe made this award dynamite made this award so that's what it is AW 4-1 in show quality, 5-0 in the ratings. But I've got a funny feeling NXT might draw some more viewers next Wednesday. So we will have to see on that. So, Michael, I, I know you're all praying for me. You're all hoping that I make it for next week's show. Hopefully I do. Um, I'm not actually sure what, what have we got for next week. Normally I'm prepared, but... Don't feel like we've got a lot. We've got, we, oh, actually, off the top of my head, we've got a Pete Dunne punishment. Pete Dunne punishment. Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest match on NXT. Um, AEW, what have we got on AEW next week? I'm not actually sure. We've probably, it's the go-home show for Full Gear, so I'm guessing they're going to go all out for it. Full Gear, I, I'm flying abroad next Saturday, so I'm missing the Full Gear show. Your host of WWE versus AEW is missing the Full Gear pay-per-view. I'm devastated about it. Uh, do you know what I mean? Day one, I should be round the pool with my little girl. I'm going to be trying to sneak off, get a few of those matches in from full gear, get to a nice bar, get the Wi-Fi on, maybe get a nice pint of San Miguel. And yeah, so hopefully I shall, or Australia over in Spain, or Mahu, Mahu, who knows? So yeah, next week's show, I will be back with WWE versus AEW next week. Um, I'm, I'm not going to miss anything, so the show will be delayed in two weeks' time, but next week I will be back, the show, hopefully, wait, it'll be up on Friday. Um, Smackdown's in Manchester near my house next week. Do I, should I stay or should I go? Da, da, da. I don't know, I can't decide what to do. That Smackdown show was so good last night, I'm tempted, but obviously there might not be NXT stars on the show next week. But, yeah, so that's it, that's it from WWE versus AEW for week five. I hope you're proud of me. I'm full of a cold. I'm busy. Got the show in. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hit that subscribe button. Give the show a retweet. Recommend it to your friends. Give us a five-star rating on Apple. I don't think Spotify or Podbean, do they have five stars? Who knows? Give us a five-star rating on Apple. Stay with us on this journey. Week five of AEW versus WWE. We'll be back next week for week six. I hope you're enjoying the show. 
the Diet Pepsi's kicking in, the caffeine's flowing. I'm off to have a nice day with my daughter, ready to hopefully go and watch my team, Preston North End, get to the top of the championship tomorrow at Charlton. The coach leaves at half past four. I'm going 400 miles, probably be a nil-nil, probably get beat 1-0 and I'll be miserable on the show next week. Stay tuned. See you next week for week six of AEW versus WWE. Actually, it's WWE versus AEW, so whatever. See you next week, everyone. The grudge match. Everybody wants to see November 9th the full gear. Kenny Omega and John Moxley is now an unsanctioned match. That means no time limits, no count outs, no disqualifications, no rules. And that's all well and good. But then they want to tell me that unsanctioned means officially this match doesn't even count. Officially, this match will be stricken from the record book. Technically, this match isn't even taking place. So in other words, when John Moxley beats your boy, the so-called greatest wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, we're just gonna pretend like it never happened. going on here. See, AEW wants to treat me like some kind of freak. They want to treat me like some kind of outsider. They want to try and put me in my little box over here so I don't cause any trouble. I know what's going on. I've been dealing with this my whole life. I've been dealing with this for years. I got these suits, these yes men, these puppets come up to me and they say, John, we know you're a different type of cat. As if I don't know what that means. As if I don't know when I'm being insulted. As if I don't know you're trying to call me stupid to my face. Well, I ain't stupid. And if this is how it's going to be, AEW, you can take your win-loss records and shove it straight up your ass. Because the truth is, the undeniable fact is, I am the baddest son of a bitch in this game. I am the sickest son of a bitch in this game and there ain't a damn soul in AEW who's gonna come out here and try to prove me wrong. Where's got a point? You want unsanctioned? They want unsanctioned, huh? I'm unsanctionable. You want unsanctioned? I'm unsanctionable, I'm out of control. You think I'm out of control? You ain't seen nothing yet. Be careful what you wish for. On November 9th at Full Gear, I'm gonna beat Kenny Omega within an inch of his life. 
On November 9th at Full Gear, you are gonna see beautiful, glorious wrestling violence, the likes of which we haven't seen in this country in decades. Kenny Omega's blood will be on AEW's hands. And I got a message. I got a message for AEW. I got a message for the Turner execs who don't want to sanction me. I'll tell them the same thing I told those suits, those puppets. The same thing I would tell teachers. The same thing I would tell the cops. The same thing I would tell anybody who doesn't like the fact that I marched to the beat of my own drum. And it's real simple. Kiss my ass. Stay the hell out of my way. Nobody in the company wants anything to do with it. And there you see why.